A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am your host. If you are new or newer to the podcast and you're wondering what Couch Talks is, well, it is the special bonus episode of Uni Therapy where I answer questions that you guys send to me at Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. Anybody can send a question. They will always be anonymous. I will not read your name even if you put it in the email because, you know, we like to remain confidential in matters that deal with our personal lives sometimes. And I think that's really important and I like to honor that. Now, each episode, we try to do one question. We're going to get right into it today because this is a question that I feel passionate about answering. And, you know, I might be a little long-winded. So we're going to jump right into it. So I'm going to read the question and then we're going to talk about it. Here it is. Hey, Kat, I love your podcast and actually also started following you on Instagram after becoming a listener. I've heard you say that you met your boyfriend on a dating app and would love some insight on the dating app world in general because it feels so scary and disappointing to me. I'm not in a place where I am necessarily embarrassed to meet someone on a dating app, although I probably would have been five years ago. It's more just that all feels exhausting. And when I hear of success stories, I find myself just rolling my eyes in my head. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but there's a part of me that wants to also roll my eyes at your relationship too. But I've also listened to you talk about how hard dating has been for you in the past. So I'm trying to use some empathy and not do that. I appreciate that. Now for the question portion of my email. Can you do an episode or even just a Couch Talks episode on how to stay motivated in dating? If you're comfortable sharing some personal experience, I would love that. Or even if you can just talk about why you think dating is so hard these days. And maybe you can give some tips for all of us that are still out there looking for a person. I want to just blame dating apps, but are there things that you see clients do that I might be doing that might be hurting our chances of finding someone out there? In all honesty, I do love seeing the pictures and videos of you and Big P. You both look super happy. I guess I just need to know how to find that for myself. 
So side note, before I get into the answer, Big Pete, that's my boyfriend and that's the name we have. Obviously, this must be a listener of Four Things in the Fifth Thing episode that I do every week on the Four Things podcast with Amy Brown. I'm on that every single Tuesday and we talk about all kinds of random things, including our lives. And um, Amy has given my boyfriend the nickname Big P. So shout out to that. that. It's stuck and I'm not sure if he wanted it to stick or not. But there are a couple of things I want to address in this email. And before I get into it, I do want to say, and I talk about this a lot, I have this adverse reaction to relationship experts and dating coaches. I think that there probably can be a time and place where they can be really helpful, but I don't believe that there is universal dating advice that can be simplified and given and implied to every single person just because we're all so different. So I don't want to start answering this question giving the impression that I can give you advice or tips or tricks that will guarantee to find you the man or woman or whoever it is um, of your dreams. And I can talk about some things and I can talk about some things that might help if you start thinking about them in different ways. But I just want to put that out there because I am somebody who gets really nerved up. If that's even a phrase, I'm going to make it a phrase. When people kind of create some kind of gain out of false promises. And I don't want to ever be that person because when it comes down to it, what worked for me might not work for you. And I think also luck is involved, which I'll talk about. And yeah, it's just too nuanced to, to do that. But we can talk about some things and I can give you some things to think about that might actually help. So let's get into it. Okay. So one, I will, I do want to acknowledge that dating was really hard for me and I probably will never share the fullness of my dating life on the podcast, but I cried a lot and I don't want anyone to think that I was always laughing through all of um, my experiences, although I did use um, humor to cope and I found ways to cope with my bad dates by, I've talked about it before, having a shitty date jar where we got to like make fun of the really horrible that, or sometimes they just were funny um, experiences. So we didn't have to like sit fully always 100% of the time in the pain because nobody can do that. And I really do think that like humor gets a bad rap as a coping strategy. I think it can be used as a defense mechanism at times, but also humor can be used as a coping strategy and that can be helpful at times. So I don't think somebody making light of certain situations when it comes to dating is always necessarily a bad thing. We never should be doing something all of the time, always and never. Those two words get us in trouble often. But I just want to say up top that like dating was really hard for me. And although you will hear me making light of certain situations um, and stories that I tell on the podcast or on my Instagram or anything like that, that is helpful for me. But I also want you to know you're not getting the full picture. And I think that's what I want to put out there for everybody, right? We don't get the full picture of anybody's relationship or anybody's dating life or anybody's single life because we are seeing the outsides of what somebody wants us to see, what somebody's willing to put out there, what we're projecting as the image we want people to to grab onto or what we even feel just comfortable sharing because sometimes it's important for us to keep certain things to ourselves. So we're comparing our insides and the fullness of ourselves to other people's outsides. And I don't think that's fair for anybody. So keep in mind when you see other people, I know it's something you hear all the time, but it's something that we have to continue to remind ourselves when we are comparing our insides to somebody else's outsides, we have to remind ourselves that we're doing that. So first thing, 
And while dating was super hard for me, dating apps were super hard for me too at times, they were a lot easier for my boyfriend. And he might not agree with that. So this is a Again, that right there is my personal opinion. I'm speaking for him. He he might say something else, but and he had, he had his own things when it comes to dating that are not my things to share or, t- or tell. But I was one of his few people that he went out with from dating apps, where I went on so many dates I can can't even count them all. He didn't have the dating apps the time that he downloaded the, them that long before he met me. And I think that that comes down to luck. And the only reason I'm sharing that part is because you'll hear stories of like, oh, that was the first person they ever met for my dating app. And then now they're getting married. And and that I think is awesome. But I think that's the intense exception. And I don't think that those people necessarily are like doing the dating apps right. I think that's luck. Like when it comes to that, like what are the odds? What are the odds that the first person you end up meeting from a dating app turns out to be like the human of your dreams. The odds are very slim. So that's not in anybody's control. And I think that's just like, oh, you kind of like won the lottery. Like we aren't in control of winning the lottery. We win it or we don't, unless we cheat. But I don't know how you would cheat on the lottery. I'm sure there's a way. But I just want people to know that. That like sometimes this stuff comes down to luck and to be very careful when you're listening to people and or you're asking for people um, for advice, be careful with who you're listening to. Because if if that was my experience of dating apps, uh, my first date, I found the person of my dreams. I don't know that I'm going to be the best person to talk about how to cope and how to stay motivated while in that sphere. You know, it just, just saying. Not that they have no validity, but it might not be the person you want to like go to every time. Now, also, I think staying motivated in dating has to do way more with how you view dating and relationships than being able to actually withstand a large amount of frustration, disappointment, rejection, and grief of any sort. I I think those are important. Those are all parts to this puzzle, but I think that there's more to it. I think a bigger issue is how I view dating and now how I view being single and the meaning I put behind that. I personally had to change the way I looked at how I found satisfaction within my life. And in an episode I did really early on in the podcast, and I think this was maybe early 2021, I'll find the episode and I'll link it. But I did the episode with a guy named Jamie Twerkowski, and uh, we talked about dating and relationships and, and loneliness. And he said something that really stuck with me. And he said, I am at a place in my life where life is still worth living, even if I'm not in love. And I just thought that that was really profound because what he is saying is I have found a place in life where there is more to life than just finding a romantic love. And we don't see that a lot. A lot of the content we digest, whether it's movies or social media or uh, stories or any of that kind of stuff, the center of it is finding love, being in love, crimes of love, like there's a lot of romantic love in all of the content we're consuming. And so there's this story that's created, whether it's unconscious or not, I think it is unconscious, around life's goal, life's mission for all of us must be to find this great love. And that love is then going to spearhead us into a great life and a great story and a fulfilling life and a fulfilling story. And while that can be true, I think that's not always true. There are a lot of ways you can live a satisfying life and a really fulfilling life 
that isn't surrounded with a great romantic love, but we don't talk about those stories as much. We don't treat those stories and those experiences with the same kind of weight at all. It's almost like a consolation prize. Oh, she never got married, but she had this successful career. Or, oh, she never got married, but look at all that she experienced. Or, he never got married, but look what he did with XYZ. It's it's a but. And I don't think that that but needs to be there. It needs to be look at her life and look at what she did. We don't need to talk about what she didn't do to make sense of what she did do. That feels a little strange to me, although it feels really familiar at the same time. And I say all this because I think the amount of importance we put in our love life when it comes to living this happy and fulfilled life is what exhausts us. If our communities were balanced, this would feel much different. If we had fulfilling friendships, this would feel a little different. If we had fulfilling projects or things that brought us joy and we focused on those and we made those important, as important, if we put them on an even scale, I think it would change how we date and it would change how not experiencing the outcome of dating that we desire weighs on us. And it brings in a bigger question of like, is this really what we are desiring or is this what we're programmed to desire? And I don't know if that's really the most important question to ask because whether or not it's, it is what we are desiring. But I think what I want to put into your heads is there's another option out there. It might not be what you want right now, but if you start focusing on other things, things can shift. And that's in every aspect of life. If we focus on one thing, like it's the Holy Grail, we're going to continue to like build that story on our head and it's going to become bigger and deeper and stronger. But if we start to build another idea in our head, that idea will also become bigger and deeper and stronger. So it's about creating more ideas in our head there is more than one way to live a fulfilling life than what we have been fed. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you're stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. 
a new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Now, what is funny about the timing of this specific episode is that I had a client send me an article from the New York Times today, and the article is about dating apps. The title was A Decade of Fruitless Searching, The Toll of Dating App Burnout, and it was written by Katherine Pearson, which is somebody that I feel like I have read from before on here. Um, This article actually came out on September 20th, and I want to read a little excerpt from it because it kind of feeds into the last part of what I want to talk about, and so this is straight from that article. I'm just quoting it. It said, Tinder turns 10 in September, prompting a moment of collective reflection about how apps have reshaped not just dating culture, but also the emotional lives of longtime users. Many perennial users say years of swiping and searching have left them with a bad case of burnout, a non-clinical buzzword borrowed from the workplace psychology that has been extended to topics including parenting and Zoom. As an article in the New York Times noted recently, people in the throes of burnout tend to feel depleted and cynical. For some, the only real option is to quit the dating apps cold turkey. For others, it's about finding smaller ways to set boundaries. People just get fatigued. They get overwhelmed with the whole dating process, says Helen Fisher, a biological anthropologist who is a senior research fellow with the Kinsey Institute and chief science advisor to Match.com. After a decade of fruitless searching, I started to ask myself, what has all of that time, all of that effort, all of that money actually given me, said Shawnee Silver, a podcaster and author of A Single Revolution, whose work focuses on changing negative societal narratives about being single. When you are constantly disappointed by a space that was sold to you as a path to love over and over again, for many of us, for years at a time, you never really stop to ask yourself, what is this thing doing to my mental health? What is this thing doing to my well-being? Miss Silver said. In the end, she decided that dating apps had taken her time, money, and energy while giving her nothing in return. So on January 26, 2019, Miss Silver deleted her apps, Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, a decision she has described as a kind of epiphany that was the culmination of a decade of misery. The improvement in her mood and energy levels was swift and profound. Before she deleted the app, she spent any moment of downtime swiping. After, she found she had time throughout the day to rest. She realized she had been feeling anger and resentment towards the happiness of others and emotionally, mentally, and physically drained by existing in a state of constant anticipation. Imagine anticipating receiving something good for years, Miss Silver said. Existing in that state of any day now for an extremely extended period of time is incredibly unhealthy. But Dr. Turbin believes that for some, simply deleting the apps is not enough. 
It's important to understand why the apps are causing problems for you, he said, adding that therapists can be helpful for sorting these answers out. Are you using the apps to self-soothe anxiety and inadvertently making your anxiety worse? Are you afraid you can't attain love, so you're settling for hookups, and that makes you unhappy? And that's the end of um, the expert. If you want to read it, I'm, I'll link the whole article so you guys can read the whole thing. And I'm reading this because there's some truth in this article. But what I see a lot of times is a lot of people wanting someone or something to blame. Because if I have something to blame, then like maybe that makes it easier for me to do something about it or that makes it easier for me to not have to do something about it. And whether it's we want to blame the apps or we want to blame men or we just want to blame people in general for why dating so hard, I'm starting to think that we have started the wrong kinds of conversations or maybe it's just that we need to start a new kind of conversation. If the problem is men, how are we becoming aids to that problem? Like we have to look at ourselves as well. How might we be, be perpetuating that problem? Are we just complaining about men or are we trying to be part of a solution? And I will say I want to recommend the podcast Man Enough and the book Man Enough when it comes to all things masculinity and whether we are calling it toxic or not. That book and that podcast is really actually creating a a change for something that we have been silently complaining about or loudly complaining about for years. But my point is we spend more time complaining than we spend responding to issues in general. And while filing a complaint is very important, it's a very important part of the process. We can't always sit around and wait for management, for example, to fix all our issues because, well, we are actually part of the solution when it comes to dating and when it comes to our dating lives and when it comes to how we are going about dating, how we are viewing dating. The truth is dating has changed. We are not moving backwards. We are going to be continuing to move forward. And if I had to guess, there's going to be more advanced dating apps. There's That's going to continue to grow and, and continue to be popular. Those aren't necessarily going to go away. So instead of sitting in a space where we wish we could go back in time, but we can't, what would happen if we responded to what is happening now and we created ways for dating apps to work for us instead of us work for them? or instead of us just being like a pawn of their existence. And how we might do that, we might work on coping skills to help respond to rejection. We might work on coping skills in order to not take ghosting personally. We might work on how to learn that often compatibility is the issue, not you not being enough or them not being enough or you being too much. Um, We can practice our risk-taking skills and learn to be more uncomfortable in social situations instead of just reclining to just staying on these apps in our homes. We can use them when they are helpful and we cannot use them when they are becoming issues. We have a lot of control, but I think one of the issues that I see, much like I talked about in my conversation last year that I recently reposted with Nabiha Sayed about Instagram. We have a lot of the power, but we are not realizing that. And for example, people often complain that the people they meet on these apps just want to talk in the app and they just want to text and they find themselves in these pen pal situations for weeks or months. And well, 
we're part of that conversation and we have power in being part of that conversation or not. So we have the ability to create boundaries. Maybe we don't allow that to happen by saying, Hey, I don't want to stay on this app. Like let's plan a time to meet. And if that person's like, yeah, sure. And then they don't actually plan a time to meet or then they blow you off or then they ghost you or something like that happens. Or then they, they keep trying to just talk on the app. That's giving us information and we get to actually have power in what we do with that. We can say, okay, this person is not looking for what I look, I'm looking for. And so I'm not going to be a part of what they're looking for because it's not compatible with me. Or we can say, oh, I'll just keep talking to this person because it, it's filling some, some need or some void I have. And we can take ownership of that. So in all of this, I think why I wanted to read that part of that article is because I think 100% there is some truth to how this can create some fatigue. It can create some burnout. It can create um, some sadness. And we get to choose if we're going to continue and continue and continue to engage in the same behavior pattern, even though those patterns aren't working, or we get to make a little bit of a turn or a change. That doesn't have to be, delete the app, I'm done, these things are trash. It can be, I am somebody who believes you get to choose if you want to be on dating apps or not. It's not the only way to meet people at all. There are definitely pros and cons to it. But also, I can look at the nuances into how I'm interacting on these apps. I can look at the nuances and and what kind of persona am I putting out there? What behaviors am I continuing to accept? Am I continuing to engage in conversations with people who are immediately sexualizing me or sexualizing the conversation? Or am I cutting those off? That can be a little bit of a a turn. Okay, so I'm no longer going to engage in conversations um, where people bring up sex before I even meet them. Okay, that makes sense. And that might change how you're receiving prospects or engage in the types of prospects you're spending time on. And I think that's really important because what I want everybody to know is we all are looking at the same pool of people out there, but it's what pool of people am I continuing to give attention to? That's really important, and we are in charge of that to an extent. I mean, it has to be mutual, um, and I think that that is another issue. But we're all in this essentially together, and that's why I think the first part for me saying, like, dating was really hard for me on these apps. It wasn't usually a lot of fun, although I did find fun in it, and that's what really helped me stay in it. Of I found fun in it. And I also found that like my life can be really fruitful despite me having a significant other at any moment in time. And so that's what I would encourage you for the person that wrote this email and for anybody else who's struggling with that is I really want you to look at the way that you are comparing your dating experience to other people's dating experiences and know that you're comparing an inside to an outside a lot of times. Know that I'm in control of what I make of certain situations and the meaning I put behind things. And I am in control of the way I view dating in my story and and how I view other parts of my life and the effort I'm putting into those other parts of my life. I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't have anything else. Okay, was it because you're putting all of your energy in dating? What if we put some energy in something else too? Like we don't have to put all our eggs in one basket because life is made up of a lot of things, a lot of options, and um, our lives can be multifaceted. They aren't just supposed to be directed towards this one great love that will then be the end all be all of your life. That's what we see in movies. That's what we see in romance novels, but I don't necessarily think it has to be that way. So we're in charge of, of that and how, how we view dating as um, a pillar in our life. And then 
we're also really in control of the boundaries and how we engage in these apps. We don't have to follow every tip that every dating expert puts out there. We don't have to put all our energy into everything. We don't have to have a conversation with every person that wants to have a conversation with us. We don't have to see out every prospect. We can be picky. We can create our own way of doing things based on what we're looking for and what we've experienced in our past. And I do believe a therapist can help you look at those questions that the person in this article was noting. And I'm going to read that part again because I think it was important. It's important to understand why the apps are causing problems for you. Are you using the apps to self-soothe anxiety and making it's making your anxiety worse? Are you afraid you can't attain love so you're settling for hookups and and that's making you unhappy? Like really digging into some of that can be really helpful in how you approach the apps. So like I said, I knew this was going to be a long-winded episode. So I'm going to wrap it up and I, I guess maybe we need to make this another full Monday episode and hopefully very soon we will be able to do that. Um, but in the meantime, I really want to just like put it out there that it's tough. For the most part, it's not easy in this day and age. Like dating has become difficult and that's okay. We can find some sweet spots in there as well. And what we focus on, we will find. So I, I do want to put that out there as well. What you focus on, you will find in whatever aspect of your life you're trudging through or walking through or skipping through. And so, yeah, I, I got to stop because I'm going to start rambling and this is going to be an hour long. But thank you for your question. And if you guys have any other questions, feel free to send them to Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. I love getting your emails. I love getting your questions. And I appreciate the people that have given some recent feedback on the podcast. I am definitely taking it into account and making some changes where changes need to be made. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at at cat.defada and at UniTherapyPodcast. Bye, guys. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.